0: Hey everyone, this is usually the time I tell you about our email newsletter, but I wanted to talk to you about something else. As of January 2023, It's All Journalism is hosted on Spotify's Megaphone platform, so you can subscribe to our podcast there, or you can continue subscribing, listening, or download new episodes of our podcast at Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Audible, or just about anywhere you can find podcasts. But wherever you find us please subscribe so you won't miss an episode and like and share us on your social media. And now this week's episode.
1: News reporting and then jumping into anchoring so quick was nerve-wracking but also something that I wanted to do. And so it's a different ball game. Like it's a different feel
0: Some of the best journalists I've ever met came to the profession after trying something else out or failing in another career. There's no one clear path to becoming a reporter. It doesn't matter where people start, it's where they end up that counts. I'm Michael O'Connell. Welcome to It's All Journalism. Amanda Denise is a television news reporter and weekend news anchor at WCTI and WYDO in Eastern Carolina. Amanda is navigating her first market after switching careers in her early 30s, and she's here to tell us about that experience. Amanda, welcome to It's All Journalism.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Michael. I'm looking forward to just being here today.
0: Okay. Well, cool. You're a broadcast professional, so since I mentioned you're in television news, you know, you came into it as sort of a second career. Tell me where you started and, and how'd you end up in TV news in Eastern Carolina?
1: So this is... Pretty much a long journey, a transition to getting to this point, but I'll keep it brief. So I always know I wanted to do something in criminal justice, and so when I was in high school, I actually majored in a forensic science class. And for one point, Michael, I thought I wanted to be a crime scene photographer, and then I thought I wanted to be a forensic psychologist. So I was bouncing all over the place, and it wasn't really until I got to college I kind of found what I wanted to major in which was criminal justice and criminology but even then I still didn't have an idea of what I wanted to do I just knew that criminal justice and criminal law there's always going to be a job right because it's always going to be crime there's always going to be something that is going to be there for me to you know get a job in so I majored in criminal justice and I went through that whole process. And for our senior year, Michael, we had to do a internship. So I interned at the Wake County Courthouse because like I said before, I'm from Raleigh. And so I interned at the Wake County Courthouse just to get some hours in. And there I learned a whole lot. So I learned more about background checks. checks. I got to spend time with clerks and learn the ins and outs of the clerk's office. And so thankfully, you know, after completing my internship, they offered me a job. And so fast forward, you know, I was there for three years as a courtroom clerk. So if you've ever been to a courthouse and you've seen the person that sits right beside the judge and takes on all the paperwork and keeps track of all the files, that was me. And so I built that rapport with judges, and I did that for a while, and then just seeing the interaction with the attorneys made me think about being a lawyer. And so then I thought about going to law school, which, oh, I couldn't really see myself going to law school for, like, another four years after I just had graduated from college for four years. And so I'm like, well, what else could I do? So after speaking with my mother and kind of game planning, we thought about paralegal, so I went to Meredith in Raleigh and I got my paralegal certificate and I applied for a job at a law firm. It was a personal injury medical malpractice law firm. And I applied as an admin assistant and then I got promoted to paralegal. So I was there for maybe two years in a paralegal capacity. And after that, I kind of went on to other law firms. So I did family law at one point and I just worked for like a larger law firm where they did, I guess they were more of a defense law firm versus a plaintiff's law firm, if that makes sense.
0: Mm -hmm. So where's, where's the jump to journalism?
1: So I've always had a passion for writing. Like at one point I did blog writing. Michael, when I say I was all over the place, I was really all over the place. It took me a a
0: while
1: to figure out what I wanted to do. So I decided to go to Full Sail University to get my master's in journalism. And so I thought after graduating with the master's, I was valedictorian over the entire program. So I did well in the program. I was like, for sure, I'm going to be able to get a job at a news station, right? Like my master's is going to speak for itself. So what I don't (laughs) have the newsroom experience, it did not speak for itself at all. I applied to so many jobs, Michael, graduating, and I got no after no after no, or some I didn't even get responses for. And so- As you can imagine, I was a little down and just discouraged. I'm like, am I ever going to get my foot in the door? You know, I was 32. I just landed my first job last year. And I finally humbled myself. I said, you know what? If I had to go in as an intern somewhere, I would do that. I'm 32. I got bills to pay. I don't need to be going in as nobody intern, right? Like I have to have a full-time job, but I was desperate. And so I saw that WCTI was looking for an intern but turns out they were actually looking for an mmj right but here's the thing i did not have a reel at all like i didn't have newsroom experience so i had to i went through a real media company to get me a reel so when i applied for the internship i guess they they of course clicked on the link and saw that i could perform you know if needed to because yeah. the big thing is you, you can put words all day on a resume but becoming a news reporter they want to see that you have it and so The news director actually called me one day and he was like, hi, like we're hiring for the MMJ, which is multimedia journalist. And, you know, this is what we do here in this market. This is a small market. You come here, you learn, you grow. We teach people who have no idea what the news industry is about. And then you go on to be in a larger market. So went to the interview, got the call back, got the job. And here I am now.
0: So tell me a little bit about the market for people who are outside the, I kind of know what Eastern Carolina is, but you know, most people just know, well, there's a North and South. What is Eastern Carolina?
1: Basically we cover Pitt County, Greene County, Carteret, Craven County, you know, Craven County is in New Bern. So
0: in North Carolina,
1: mm-hmm. in North Carolina. Yep. Lenore okay. um, yeah. County, which is in Kinston. So that's the kind of what we border.
0: Okay. Yeah. So that's, you know, the Eastern end of North Carolina, including coastal Carolina, which is the, the outer banks more or less. Yeah. So you get at the station, finally, after this long journey, you know, what was that experience like? Day one, you've got to start reporting the news.
1: When you come in on any job on day one, it's like, what do I do? You know, you're like the new kid on the block. And so I will say getting there, it was just mainly, you know, completing that paperwork, meeting new people. And I trained for about hmm, close to about two months or so before actually going on air to do my first story which I remember the first time it was very nerve-wracking and I was totally out of breath the entire time that I was delivering these lines so but they do train you for a couple of weeks or so before you actually go out there and start reporting stories.
0: Okay so are you on the you know you on the street you're the reporter out there covering you know breaking news or features or something like that?
1: Yeah, breaking news, anything that comes up, we are required to pitch two stories every morning. And so that way we can talk about those. And then our news director will tell us which story he he wants us to do for the day. But it's important to know that a pitch is different from an idea. So having an idea, you know, just like, oh, like I want to do a story on foster care. But then the pitch is lining up those interviews beforehand, you know, coming up with an angle, which direction you want to take the story. And we are MMJs. So we do everything by ourselves. Like we don't have a photographer unless it's for breaking news or severe weather, but we're out there setting up our equipment. We're getting the interviews, we're editing, we're shooting, we're writing, we're doing all of that ourselves.
0: So this is, you know, again, Eastern Carolina, have you had your first hurricane story yet?
1: Oh my gosh. So not a hurricane, but a tropical storm. And I did the morning shift. So I had to be there super early and do like eight live shots I think it was it was awful it was horrible the way the rain the wind it was just like pelting me in my face and then you have to be expected to deliver lines Effortlessly in this condition. And then you're telling people not to come out here, but here you are about to blow away. It was horrible.
0: So you say that every day you got to come up with two pitches. You know, obviously you've identified sources, you know, maybe you've even done some pre interviews. You know, where are you getting your ideas from?
1: So they vary. I could look at newspapers or social media is a big way to find stories. So I follow a lot of government pages, a lot of businesses on my Facebook account and so that way when they do post stuff that's happening I'm able to see it so I follow like the local police department or the fire law enforcement agencies and rescue and fire crews like I follow those people so that way I'm able to come up with story ideas or they really hate us to do this but looking at other news stations too sometimes they have stuff before we do and I think it's okay to kind of look at what they have and then if we don't have it then to figure that out ourselves
0: for sure do you you have a particular beat or are you like a feature government courthouse type uh, reporter or are you just sort of sort of a wide scope
1: i am the bureau reporter so i am in greenville all by myself everyone else kind of is in the new burn station so i'm in greenville off on an island i'm the only reporter here throughout the week so this is my area so I cover anything from Greenville mostly and then the surrounding counties. so like I said before like Kinston or Martin County so those are kind of like my areas so if anything happens and I'm here they'll call me because this is my my bureau
0: so you alluded a few times to the fact that you're you're a one-man band you're expected to shoot to write to record everything and I imagine probably post it as well Is there any particular skill that you've become really good at? Or is there anything that you're still kind of learning to tackle?
1: For me, I feel like I have the shooting and editing down. But reporting and anchoring is something that I'm still, of course, trying to hone. Because no matter how many times you get ready to prepare to, to go live, there's always a rush of like nervousness that swamps your body, right? So it's just it's nerve wracking it is you're on live tv and then you're under so much scrutiny and you're expected to be perfect although we aren't and so for me it's just getting that down packed you know more so than editing or writing or shooting it's just my reporting and anchoring is what i'm trying to hone in on
0: okay and you're the weekend anchor what what's kind of the scope of that
1: yeah, so I do the 6 o'clock, the 10 o'clock, and the 11 o'clock show. They're all 30 minutes, and I go to the New burn office for this, and then there I have a producer and the director, and we just kind of put the show together. Like I said before, I didn't have any experience at all, so coming into news reporting and then jumping into anchoring so quick was again nerve-wracking but also something that I wanted to do and so it's a different ball game like it's a different feel whereas reporting is kind of fast paced but anchoring is kind of more relaxed and more conversational and so yeah I do the 6 the 10 and the 11 and it makes for some very long nights so I do that Saturday and Sunday and I don't get back to Greenville to like one o'clock at the latest sometimes.
0: Wow. Do you do any like live interviews or are you just sort of jumping from different spots and, you know, maybe talking to other reporters who are turning in a story?
1: So sometimes the story does call for a live interview. Whereas like if I'm live in the five and then I have a police chief here, I don't know who wants to talk about a shooting or something. And then I may say, you know, like we're live now. I'm asking this police chief questions, but mainly it's going out, getting the interviews, recording them, and then coming back and going through what I have and then writing the story based off that. And then I'll use those interviews in the story.
0: So you've been there for what, over, about a year? Um, or? A year,
1: March 14th.
0: Okay. So you know, a year into it, I mean, is the job what you imagine it was going to be?
1: Oh, that is such a good question. Well, I, I will say looking at news reporters and news anchors on TV before I actually became one, it was like, oh, it looks so glamorous. It is not <sighs> glamorous at all. <laughs> Like, we do so much work leading up to the point where we go live. It's ridiculous. So we have to be responsible. Like, we do our own makeup. We have to keep our own hair up. And we have to make sure our clothes are on point, right? Because we're on TV. So just seeing it, like, from an outside person looking in, it's like, oh, it looks so easy. It's very challenging, and I would tell anyone if reporting is what they really, really want to do, please make sure it's what you really, really want to do, because it's not for the faint of heart, and your hours suck. I'm off Mondays and Tuesdays. I don't have my weekends anymore, and now I'm trying to figure out how to fit a social life into this work life.
0: Again, that that's probably something you, you weren't really sort of anticipating. One of the things, because you reached out to us and said, hey, you know, this might be good to talk about in your podcast, which is why... I wanted to have you on because, you know, you're sort of an interesting place. A lot of people who get into journalism, this idea that they go to journalism school and they go maybe to get their master's degree. So in their early to mid 20s, they're looking for jobs. But you already had, you know, a career, you've been working and you decided to change it in, in your 30s. Do you think you would have been able to do what you're doing now 10 years ago?
1: Oh, wow. That's a good question. Honestly, no. Because my mindset probably wasn't in it then. I was still all over the place, as you heard in the very beginning of the (laughs) interview. So (laughs) I don't think so. I think in time, stuff happens when it's supposed to happen. Granted, of course, I am here now. And then kind of too, is hard too, right? Because people are coming out of college and there are some people who are reporters that are younger than you at the station. And it's like, oh, like I should be further along by now. But I don't think I would have been prepared 10 years ago.
0: And that experience of working, what you said before, that that might be something that would be beneficial to you, you know, having worked in a courthouse and, you know, dealt with you know, law enforcement before, has that turned out to be something that's been beneficial to you?
1: Of course, when we have cases that involve court documents or anything like that, like I can understand those for the most part. I mean, some stuff I'll have to, you know, do some research on just to make sure I'm okay, but it's not unfamiliar to me. Like I've seen, you know, some court documents before because just working in the courthouse or working in these law firms. So I think you can merge the two together, which actually I'm thinking of honing my niche, to being like a legal correspondent and so that way or a crime reporter so that way i focus mainly on crime or like legal you know so i'm kind of thinking about narrowing that down
0: have you had an opportunity to sort of you know develop mentors are there people that or maybe not even mentors but people who have been sort of guiding lights who've either offered professional advice or who you know just by example you may not know them did you find kind of inspiring
1: Yes, Susan Murphy, actually, you had her here on your podcast. She's amazing. I love her. Deborah Aferon is great. She's up in DC. And uh, just people at my station, you know, my assistant news director was a reporter for 20 plus years. She moved to Jacksonville, Florida now, but she knew A lot about reporting. And though she was kind of hard on us when I was first started and she was there, but I think she was pushing us in the right direction. Because, like I said before, like being a reporter is not easy. So, just having her in our back pocket to be able to tell us, you know, like this is what you need to do. These are the questions that you should ask. This is how you get to the bottom of things and holding officials accountable. That's a big thing because a lot of the times when you hear news stories, it's sometimes about the victim or the suspect, but it's holding those officials accountable too. Are they doing what they need to be doing in the community? Uh, these law enforcement officers, are they covering, you know, neighborhoods the way they should? Are they engaging with the community? So stuff like that.
0: Are there any particular stories that you've worked on in the last year that you're, you're super proud of?
1: Hmm.
0: Or is it all just garbage?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So Michael, it's funny you said that because one of, my co-worker said your first year is basically just survival. Like you're just trying to get something on <laughs> air and you're basically surviving. So right now I'm going to have to say there are no stories that I'm super proud of. I think I've just been in survival mode seriously and just learning all I can this first year. But in my second year, I'm going full force. Like I'm going to try to incorporate more things during my live shot. I've been talking to our weather guy there who is very experienced and he knows a lot about the industry and he's helping me to kind of rewrite some of my stuff so I can reshoot some of my stuff too, because I do want to have a, a great reel and I do want to have stories that I am proud of. So when the next person asks me that question, I can say, yes, like, <laughs> this is the story that I was so proud of.
0: Okay. When you pitched to us, you know, one of the things that you mentioned was, you know, dealing with cyber bullies and online trolls. This is not a new topic for a lot of women, especially women who are, you know, in broadcast or on TV who, and are pretty easily accessible through social media. Is this an issue that you've had to deal with?
1: Yeah. So I will say, for the most part, people who follow you on your own personal social media page they like you right but then you also have some who will email and then so I was anchoring a show and I was still learning and I am still learning like I'm not perfect by any means I have a lot of growing to do and as soon as we got finished with the six o'clock show and it was a story that I knew going into it that was going to be hard for me to deliver like I was kind of going over the script beforehand but I'm like I don't know this seems kind of iffy but I went for it anyways and I did stumble over it like multiple times and as soon as I got off the air we got an email in and it was like can we please get a news anchor who doesn't stumble over every three words or something like that and I'm like dude like I am literally learning like I have no experience as a news anchor and so it bothered me it really did because as i said before we're expected to be perfect and so i thought about it for a while and i emailed her back and i emailed her back very kindly i think her name was susan i think i remember her name was and i said hi you know nice to virtually meet you I am re- in receipt of your email thank you so much but I am new to this we're all growing and learning and we're all doing the best we can and I hope basically you can just continue to watch me on my journey thank you and that was it and I felt better at the worst because I think for some of these people even though they're sitting behind a keyboard and they write into you and they have all of these complaints they don't know what goes into this job and it's easy for them and they think they can get away with it a lot of the times but not with me, if it's something that's bothering me, I'm going to respond back.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't get into a fight. Right. No, you,
1: definitely not so, a fight.
0: Sometimes the the comments or the feedback is well-meaning, even though may, it may not have been voiced in the best way. And sometimes they're just people who are just assholes and, oh. <laughs> and you just have to, and you just have to kind of just deal with them. What I do is I, if I feel there's a question in there, like, you know, how come you didn't ask this or how come you didn't include this? where I can maybe explain my reporting because, you know, it's a kind of important for us to do that. I'll do something like that. I like, yeah, we reached out to this person. This person wasn't able to, to respond, but we're waiting to hear back, you know, something like that. And sometimes people appreciate that because it's like they throw their message in a bottle. They just complain and they don't necessarily, you know, imagine there's somebody else on the other end listening to them. Yeah,
1: no. And I totally understand what you're saying with that, too, about I think it's all in the delivery. I felt that she was just trying to be very nitpicky and it just rubbed me the wrong way. But I'm definitely not going to start a fight with a troll. Like, that's not my intention. I'm going to like, of course, choose your battles wisely. Right. I'm not going to fight right. every battle like that's not going to happen because I did have someone who reached out to me on my personal Facebook page. And she said, hi, like you pronounced something. Oh, I know what it was. So it's East. Carolina University, and for some reason I said Eastern Carolina University. I think it was how it was written in the teleprompter. The producer had put it in the teleprompter like that. And I didn't even think about it. So I just read it off like that. And she was like, Hi, like it's East Carolina University. And I was like, you know what? Thank you so much. Like we caught it, like we're gonna we changed it so it'd be better for the you know the later shows. But thank you for letting me know. So it's stuff like that. But people are just mean. I've had (laughs) like they are literally.
0: No, it's true. It's so true. There are a lot of mean people. There are a lot of thoughtless people, too, that just yes. say things that they, they don't imagine. They think they're the only one who's sending you something or telling you something. And there are you know, maybe 10 people who are telling you something. And mm-hmm. you know, you can't obsess about that. Because right. you'll drive yourself insane.
1: And that's what I'm having to learn. I cannot please everybody. Everyone is not going to like me. And that's okay. I'm in the news industry. I'm in the public eye. Everyone's not going to love Amanda Denise. So and I have to understand that.
0: That's a tough thing to sort of get a grip on. Because on the one hand, we're, we're privileged to have this opportunity to have people's ears or eyes, depending on what you're doing in journalism. And, you know, you put your stuff out there and you got to be able to take legitimate criticism call people out when they're being unfair but then again don't you know don't back down just because somebody says something that you know maybe isn't well thought out and i think you've sort of acknowledged that that if there's something constructive in there you know like eastern carolina university then yeah there's nothing wrong with engaging that person and say yeah 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 i got that wrong but i'll I'll do better next time because people appreciate that
1: exactly she did appreciate it she was like thank you she appreciated it and then she was like thank you for responding you know i appreciate it thank you for all that you do so that went over very well i mean but people just get comments i had one reporter friend who someone said that she shouldn't wear that color lipstick or it's just it's like
0: really Uh, yeah i don't know if it's and maybe you know do male reporters get the same type of scrutiny or do you think that female reporters get more scrutiny?
1: I don't know. I think we get it the worst, but I can't speak. I can't speak for every, every station. And I don't know what the male reporters or male anchors they get, might get personal emails too. but some of these anchors have been here for a while. Like these right. men news anchors have been in this market forever and people have grown to love them. So I can't really, you know, speak to that, but
0: yeah. If you're there long enough and you get some loyalty, there'll be people who will be defending you. Not that you necessarily need to be defended, because you can do that yourself. What advice would you give to somebody coming out of school or thinking about maybe going into television news?
1: I would say, as I mentioned before, to make sure it's really what you want to do. You know, we all have to sign contracts, too. Some of us are here for two years. Some of us are here for three. And so when you're in this contract, you're in this contract. But Go forward. I mean, news reporting is fun. No day to day is ever the same. And that was my problem with being a paralegal. I was so bored of doing the same thing. And so I get to meet new people. It's really a fun job. But I would say for the people who are coming in and who have their weekends and who have a balance now socially, that it's not gonna be like that in the news industry because your days off could be Monday and Tuesday where everyone else is working and then you're, you have to work the weekends and you don't even get to see your friends. So you have to just find that balance too. And I will say some of these people in college graduating wanna go straight to a larger market, like a top 50 or a top 25. I can imagine coming out of college going straight to a top 50 or a top 25 market with seasoned reporters, I would feel like I would be drowning. You know, like this is the market where you come and you make your mistakes and then you can go to the larger markets when you have that experience. But coming straight out of college and going there, I can't imagine doing it. So I would just say if you have an opportunity to go to a smaller market and make those mistakes and learn, then do that rather than jump straight to a larger market.
0: Okay, so I assume you're on a, on a contract. Have you got your eyes five years down the road, maybe thinking about what would be a, your next move in television journalism or, or broadcasting?
1: Well, I have thought about jumping to national. So I don't know what that looks like in the future. So I mean, five years from now, either national or a larger market where I'm, of course, making more money. And because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I will say to you that I like both anchoring and news reporting, because I like that balance. So my next job, I would have to either be able to do both, on a national level or in a larger market. But like I mentioned earlier too, I'm thinking of maybe honing my niche and just kind of narrowing it down to crime reporter or legal correspondent. So I'm just trying to figure that out too now.
0: And you never know what next year will bring or the year after. Anyway, Amanda, this is great. I'm glad glad you reached out to us. Sometimes we like to bring people on who are at different stages in their careers to sort of talk about their experience. And I thought that you had a really interesting story as somebody who who got into, you know, local broadcasting later than most people would think that people would do that. And you're sort of embraced it and you're, you're doing the best you can. So thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Yeah, of course, Michael. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who make the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. While you're visiting our website, sign up for the It's All Journalism newsletter. You'll get all the latest info about our podcast, including episode notes and news about live events and upcoming interviews. Go to itsalljournalism.com to subscribe. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere good podcasts are found. If you'd like to help us grow our podcast, like and share our episodes on social media. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It takes a lot of people to create an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicole Grisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Capre wrote our theme music. Lameo Brust helped with our booking. Steph Thomas is our social media manager. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Thanks for listening.